0: the first four game times for Utah football's first four games have officially been released what does it mean for the team and what would the record be in those first four games we're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes you are Locked On Utes your daily podcast on the Utah Utes part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Use your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. My name is J.T. Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be going into Utah's schedule, talk about how they'll do, talk about the game time. And on the very end, we'll touch on Brandon Carlson coming back because that is huge for the Utah basketball team, obviously. Um, and one other quick update, obviously our show is a little bit of a new look, so I hope you guys enjoy that as well. We got our little uh schedule over to the side and uh, it's so this way so again my directions all turned around uh, when you try to look at the camera and everything um, i know it means nothing for those of you guys who listen to us visually so it, this will sound absolutely normal but either way as i said on today's show first thing we got to talk about is the schedule as it pertains to this utah football team because they got some scheduling news when their first four game times were officially scheduled and we got those game times so the first game we knew was going to be florida at home that's officially scheduled for 6 p.m mountain time And you get the Baylor game scheduled for 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Then you get Weber State game. So week three scheduled for 12 p.m. Mountain Time. And then Oregon State game scheduled for 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So just general thoughts and reactions to that. I love it. I think all those game times are great. Look, would I love the Weber State one maybe to be a little bit more in the afternoon, a little better of a slot? Yeah, it's, it's Utah versus Weber State outside of the state of Utah. That is no appeal, really, right? So that's where I understand why that one is played at 12 o'clock. Um, the Oregon State one being played on that Friday night. I think Friday night on the lights makes it really interesting. Look, I wish it was on a Fox or an ESPN rather than Fox Sports 1 per se, but I definitely understand with those Friday matchups uh, why they want to do that too. Um, but as for the – I mean, my favorites by far are the first two game times. I think these are exceptional. When you're talking about 6 p.m., one of the marquee games to kick off the college football week is going to be this game, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock. Central time, five East Coast to, or West Coast time, excuse me, and then six Mountain time. I think this is great. I think this game is going to probably draw the most eyeballs of any of Utah's first four overall. Maybe the Baylor game, I'd have to double check and see what other games are going on there, but I'd be pretty surprised that 12 p.m. slot um, can be a little crowded in terms of drawing the most games. But I think a lot of people are going to be tuning into that Thursday game, Utah taking on Florida. So, I really like the game times. We knew that Utah's game against Florida was going to be on ESPN. We thought that this was going to be around that 6 p.m., but it is nice to see it like officially finalized and everything because, once again, I do think this is great for the team to be able to play in this primetime position. And, look, just talking about, two, one thing I want to do with each of these is not just talk about the time, but talk about then like the game itself and how I think Utah is going to perform in them. So, first, let's look at the Florida game, right? I really like this time when you talk about 6 p.m. Mountain time and 7 and 8 and the other major time, other time zones and 5, obviously, and West Coast too. So national TV, it's going to be extremely high viewed. And I expect Utah to get a win against Florida. And I don't think that's a hot take by any means of the imagination because, look, a lot of the news we're hearing from Utah outside of the questions about Cam Rising's injury, right? They're very positive. There's a lot of negative. There's been a lot of negative stuff we've been hearing about Florida this season, right, in terms of like, hey, their quarterbacks didn't look great in spring camp. Like they had the whole – Um, I just forgot the recruits name. Uh, Rashad. That's not correct. Either way, they had a very high uh, Jaden Rashad. I believe his name is. He was a very high profile recruit was going to go to Florida. There was a huge NIL mix up and now he's at Arizona State. So Utah may have to play him later in the season if he ends up starting as a true freshman. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but just potential there for that but either way this gators team look last season what is the number one reason that utah lost to florida i think gators fans would probably say like some crazy people probably say like the humidity was the number one reason uh florida fans would just say we're straight up better right to me it was anthony richardson was the best player on the field that was the difference in that game i think Brett keithy was a close second too but anthony richardson just did some special things in that game how many of you guys watched the nfl draft right and the first thing we uh, we clip we we'll see of Anthony Richardson is the the pump fake that got Mahmoud Diabate to jump off his feet and miss the tackle um that one 50-yard touchdown run that he jumped over Clark Phillips at the end but just like so many plays like that where he came up huge against Utah and absolutely shined in uh, week one and the difference in that game was that like I said they had the, the better quarterback in that individual performance and just overall played better in that first matchup but a large part of that was because Richardson especially as Utah's offense started to click late I don't know if you guys know but as I said Anthony Richardson is no longer there and it's going to be Graham Mertz the former Wisconsin quarterback who is one of the rare college quarterbacks for as far as I've seen really peaking his first game against Nebraska now he did it against Nebraska so that's where we probably should have known that he wouldn't be able to keep up that momentum overall and now struggle with the Badgers the last two seasons now coming in is probably going to be Florida's week one starter but look he had issues in the spring game we know who Graham Mertz is as a quarterback he's done this for a long time now if Cameron Rising is ready to go. I think Utah wins this game by 10 to even maybe 15 points. I just feel like Utah is a superior team. They haven't lost a true home game since 2018. And I don't think this Florida team that's got some issues and some things they need to figure out is going to be the team to end that streak. So I do feel good about Utah, even if Bryson Barnes or Brandon Rose, which it sounds like it'd be Brandon Rose right now ends up being the guy who would start, I still expect Utah to win this game because I feel like the overall team is is good enough to get them to win and capitalize on some potential short fields in a quarterback in Graham Mertz, who's very turnover prone. And we'll see. This will be his first game in that offense too. Playing up in the altitude can be something. I know I was just talking about the humidity, but the humidity did play a role in Utah's loss. It's just not the main reason they lost that game. That was just something you could see the team struggle with a little bit. Just like one of the reasons Utah is so strong at home is I do believe teams struggle with the altitude, and we've seen Utah really pounce on teams a little bit because of it. So I do think it will be an adjustment for Florida there. And as I mentioned, I just can't see this Florida team that has – so many issues, especially at the quarterback position from everything we've heard. They've even lost some offensive line in the NFL draft, coming in and beating a Utah team that returns eight of 11 starters on the defensive end. If Cam Rising's ready to go, as I said, or even if he's not, like this is an offensive line still. It'll have three starters back in the same positions they played in last year. Explosive playmakers, Brent Keithy in his first game back as a Ute, and after he torched the Gators last year, got to believe he's going to be hungry to do it again. Uh, running back in Jaquindon Jackson, who I think is really ready to burst on the scene after having a full offseason up his game and get better. So I do expect Utah to win that first game against Florida. We'll be talking about a lot more as so the summer wears on. Um, we are less than hundred days uh, days away from that game. Might even be eighty less than not, not eighty. Might even be less than. 90 by the time you guys listen to this podcast that's something that's really exciting in that regard by the way i expect utah to start it off with a win then they got a tough game going to baylor and it's going to be really interesting the one thing for utah that I do like is if cam rising plays like they will undoubtedly have the best quarterback on the field we're talking about blake shapen he threw 18 touchdowns to 10 interceptions last year or sawyer robertson who transferred in from mississippi state i believe he's a redshirt sophomore or something but he through like he completed like 11 for 21 passes but for only like 23 yards at mississippi state the limited run he got so either way if cam's ready utah will have the better quarterback it's very hard to go on the road though i think Dave Aranda is one of the most underrated coaches in college football he always has his team ready to go they're always stout in the special teams really good in the trenches too so i think that's going to be a really good battle between utah and baylor as for predicting that one right now Ooh, biasly, I really want to go with Utah. I mean, look, you guys have listened to this this show enough. I got the logos and everything up, too. So, you know, I want to roll, obviously. I am a Utah fan at heart still, but it's going to be really hard. It's hard to go on the road and win. I mean, we saw this Utah team struggle to do that last year, right? At Florida, at UCLA, at Baylor all the biggest road games they played last season, they ended up losing it. And I, the other one was, a, I know they beat USC, but that was on a neutral site later in the season. That wasn't going into USC's house and winning. Something I do think this Utah team will have a chance to do is as we've seen Cam Rising shine at the Trojans, but that's going to be a while off when we're talking about scheduling stuff in general. So I think as of right now, maybe just because of that quarterback mismatch, I will go with Baylor. Um, I will actually, no, yeah. I'm going to go with Utah. I think Utah goes and beats Baylor. As I said, I'm thinking Cam rising right now. I'm feeling good about that. That is such an advantage for this Utah team in the quarterback matchup. A lot of these Utah guys are from Texas. I think Cam's going to be eager to get back into Texas. I know he's from California, but he went to the University of Texas for a year before transferring to Utah. So I could it be a little bit of a homecoming for him. A lot of these other guys who are from Jaquin Jackson is from Texas, plays high school football there, and then went to Texas for a year before transferring as well. So I think those guys are going to be fired up, ready to go. And I flipped a little, I flipped a lot back and forth on this game if I think Utah is going to win or or lose it. And I'll probably still wait until we hear some more cam rising health updates, but you know, what, at the moment, especially just looking at that quarterback position, anytime you have the best quarterback on the field, you have the chance to win the game. So for that reason, I am going to roll with Utah to start their season two and O. And the last thing I'll throw out really quick, just about this game as well, as I love the 10 a.m. Mountain time start. I know it's a little early for um, some of us who want to tailgate and do some of the other things. Obviously it's at Baylor, but I'm just saying like get together with people, tailgate, hang out, all that stuff. But this is going to be an exceptionally highly viewed game too, right at that prime time slot. As we discussed, we were talking about 12 o'clock for uh, East Coast time. And then just that's kind of like the big noon kickoff, right? Like that's the big thing when all the games start to get going underway. 12 o'clock East Coast time, uh, 11 o'clock Central times. I'm doing great on my times right now. For those of you guys listening. Um, but I just I love that time. That's where a ton of great games are always on. I think there's going to be a lot of channel surfers looking for really good college football games. And they're going to land on that game and be excited. But that is like when everyone is sitting down, fired up, fresh off of college game day, big noon kickoff, whatever you watch the turnaround. Uh, flip on all the games that really excite them. And I think a lot of people are going to be turning on this game and they're going to be really excited to see how it plays out. And uh, count me in it too, because I'm really excited to see what happens when the Utah Utes take on the Baylor Bears. And we're going to be breaking down that a lot more too as we get closer to it. So, and we're going to continue to break down the schedule and talk about the timing of it all a little bit in a moment. But first, I want to take a quick little break and tell you about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Guys, FanDuel is great. They get promotions every day. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you get paid on your winnings instantly. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. And It's not just playoff action anymore. It's NBA finals. We saw last night the Denver Nuggets really dominated the Miami Heat for most of the game, although Miami did figure out some things late. I'd probably attribute that personally to them just trying a little bit harder. But how do you guys think Jimmy Butler is going to respond? This Miami team had won every single first game they played in a series against their – three previous proponents being the Bucks, the Knicks, and then the Celtics, but they did lose game one to Denver. Are they going to come out ready to go? Do you think Jokic is going to torch it? Is Jamal Murray going to continue to get going? Is Jimmy Butler going to respond? Is Bam going to have another big game? Lots of things for you to bet on on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and getting no sweat first bet up to $2,500. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So coming back into this one as we're continuing our schedule talk then let's move to the weber state game right so weber state game 12 p.m mountain time as per the pac-12 network so pretty much kick off the day of play on the pac-12 network look this is a nice tune-up game for weber right weber you know has a new head coach there for jay hill went on to byu now and look i think weber state's going to come in and look this is a nice opportunity as i said for utah to try some things out maybe a little differently offensively early and then the goal to me would be the second half, just like the Southern Utah game, right? I think maybe Utah's offense puts one drive to start the second half, but like almost the entire second half of this game, I want Brandon Rose. I want Nate Johnson. And I want to, I want our first look at a bunch of these young freshmen, depending on how the other games play out, right? So that's where I kind of sit out with all this is I want to wait and kind of, like I said, wait for the Weber game. I want to get here, get the starters in the first half, do their thing, blow out, look sharp, and then you get the backups to come on in after that. So that's where I think that this game kind of provides a nice tune-up for for utah against weber state and allows a bunch of the young guys to get our first look at them so i'll be interested to see how that one plays out especially because as i mentioned it's a nice chance to get our first look at some of these new youths the freshman class the highest rated freshman class ever obviously their recruiting class as it was the under top 25 class for this utah team the first time they were ever able to land that so i'm excited to see how that is going to go so that is that game and then we get to the other big game right which also i should say like i know weber state obviously that is it's a win barring anything catastrophic Florida Baylor and Oregon State as three of your first four opponents is a brutal start to the season. And I think when you see a lot of people not picking Utah to repeat as Pac-12 champions or maybe not win nine games for the first time in a few years, this is the reason why, right? Is you do get off to a tough stretch. And if I was ranking the opponents for how I think they'll be this year, I'd probably go, and even these games in general, I would go Oregon State is the toughest one. Then I'd follow that up with the Baylor game. Then I would say the Florida game being at home because obviously you get two tough road games playing at Baylor and especially going to Corvallis, which is not an easy place to play. In fact, they haven't lost. They've only lost there once in the last two years. That one loss was against USC this past season. It was a game they should have won. They held the USC offense under 20. And then really late in the game, Caleb Williams led them on a drive. And Caleb Williams actually stopped. Short. It was Caleb Williams or his receiver, I can't remember now, who stopped short. And then the offensive lineman did a great job flying in to push the pile forward. If they hadn't have done that, the USC wouldn't have won that game and Oregon state would be going on two years undefeated at home, which would be really impressive too. So I do think it's going to be a great game when these two teams face off on Friday at 7.00 PM. I do like that 7.00 PM time, mountain time. Not the only bummer a little bit is it will be during high school football. So we might not all be able to enjoy it and watch it. I know me personally, I do some high school football stuff, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch it live, but um, either way, it is still fun to have that random Friday game. I wish it was a little later in the season, but I still think there can be some fun provided by this under the lights um corvallis is a really tough place to play i think they're going to be really good this year uh jonathan smith what he has done with this program has been really fun to watch their rise just as a fan of the pac-12 and a fan of good football too i think dj ui angalele and i apologize if i mispronounce his name but i'm just calling dj U going forward i think dj under you is incredibly underrated i know everyone loves to trash and hate on him because he didn't have a great success at clemson but he still did a lot of really good things there and that clemson team in general right now it's a team that lost a ton of assistance They don't have the same uh, talent they used to have either. So I, I just think that overall that I think that Clemson, a lot of the faults of that Clemson team in general were placed at the feet of DJU. And I don't think that was entirely fair. So I think he's a really good quarterback too. And the thing I'm most excited about this game is the defensive matchups we're going to see Utah had the top defense in the conference in terms of points, or excuse me, in terms of yards allowed per game, Oregon State was second. And then in terms of points per game, that's where Oregon State was one and Utah was two. So you have the two, and it wasn't close with uh, three and four either. So you have by far the top two defenses in the conference last year. Both lost a few key contributors, but did have some nice transfers too. So I do expect this one to be really low scoring. I would be shocked to see either team score over 25. I'd be shocked if this game was over 20. For either side entering the fourth quarter, this has like 17 to 14 barn burner written all over it to me. And then one team either kicks a field goal late to take the lead or um, is able to do uh, do something else later on. Also, for those of you, I know for those of you who are um, watching or, excuse me, listening, this won't bother you. I just noticed I spelled Brandon Carlson's name wrong in my little show rundown thing. So I'd rather than ignore it. Um, and just, I would just like to apologize, obviously, for that. That is a badness on my part. Um, but either I'm really excited about BC and we'll talk about him a little bit more um, in our final segment on the show coming up here very shortly, but getting back to this Oregon state um, law, Oregon state game overall, this is a really strong team at home. As we mentioned, they were down, what was it 34 to six against Oregon at home in their final home game of the season last year, they didn't throw a pass in the third quarter or in the fourth and were able to mount an unbelievable comeback and win that game against their rival to um, help send Utah to the, to the Pac-12 championship game last year. If it's not for Oregon State winning that game, Utah's not Pac-12 championship bound. So we owe the Beavers a lot for that one. And uh, this is going to be a battle. I mean, this was during the 2021 season. This was Cam's only loss as a starter, right? He came in in the San Diego State game, and they lost that game. But this is his only loss where he started the game. The Utah offense did not look right going to Oregon State, and that's just because Corvallis is an incredibly hard place to play. They'll have the new stadium up and everything up there. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. They'll be rowdy on that Friday night. So this is this is going to be a good one, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. And just um, overall for this one too, as I mentioned, this, that Friday time isn't my favorite game time. I wish it was Saturday. Um, or if we are going to do a Friday one, I'd like it to be like kind of later in the season um, just in general, kind of give you that extra day off to overall, but um, for the following week, of course, but I do think having it after you play, having a day of a shorter week after you took on Weaver state, I think is a good time to have that shorter game in that regard. I just don't love it. Like, cause like I said, we'll have high school football going on and everything like that. So we'll get the same amount of support had if it was on a Saturday, but Either way for this one, um, as for what will Utah finish in their uh, first four games overall in the season, right now I'm going to go 3-1. I do think Oregon State, I respect Oregon State at home, right? So I think right now Utah will fall to Oregon State if I have to be honest. This Utah team is not going to go undefeated this season. We know that if they do, I will. you guys can play this clip and uh, no one will be more happy to be wrong than me about that, I can assure you. But um, I do think that in this game, I, I just think it's going to be a tough battle for these. I think it's going to be a low-scoring one, as I mentioned. And in the end, I do expect Oregon State to take it. So I'm going to go. Utah is three and one in their first four games. I think that we're going to see good, a, a ten to fifteen point win, as I mentioned against Florida, uh, blowout against Weber State. I think we'll see a close victory against Baylor, so we're rolling three and zero, and then a tough loss to Jonathan Smith and his Oregon Oregon State Beavers because that it's going to be a really good program this year, and once again, tough to beat at home. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Utah started the season four and zero. Wouldn't even be surprised if they started at two and two. Right when you're talking about going to Baylor and going to Corvallis, those are just two really tough places to play. So I think and that 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 crowd down in Waco is going to be fired up and ready for this game and. I think it's going to be a lot of fun once again. So I could see Utah going three and one, two and two. I don't see a world where they're one and three. I just, I don't see them losing to Florida week one, as I mentioned, or even if they were to have a stinker against Florida, I feel like they would come back out in response against Baylor or or Oregon State and get one of those. But either way, going to fun to see get played out. And the other cool thing is just like with these schedule times getting released, it's that reminder, right? That we're getting closer to the start of football season, which is something I'm so excited for. So it was great getting these first four game times. Uh, I believe if I remember correctly, the fifth one, we won't get till the, the season starts and they kind of start to see how good everyone is going to be. So we'll have to wait to react to more of those, but uh, just a cool reminder that we are less than 90 days away from Utah football being back, which uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast in June, two months away from football season, you're also fired up about Utah football. So I can't wait for it to get underway as well. So that's going to be fun to get it all going. And you know what else is a lot of fun? and Brandon Carlson is coming back and joining this Utah men's basketball team for what will be his fifth season overall. Carlson's a guy last year, led this team in points, rebounds, and blocks per game. The seven-footer from South Jordan was the best player on this Utah team, right? I mean, when you're looking at his averages, he averaged 16 points per game, seven rebounds, a half an assist and a half, 49% shooting from the field overall. Also added two blocks to that. So just really impressive stuff. I mentioned the 16. Even shot it okay from three. He finished the season shooting 33% from three, but that was the volume of uh, just had to go up a little bit. The late, he had to press a little bit more, I felt like, just because the team wasn't performing as strong. His shot, he didn't finish the year shooting as strong, but still a stretch big, finishes well inside. Teams did everything they could to take him away. So if Utah is able to add some... Other guards, we already talked about Davion Smith. There's some other rumored transfer players they're looking at. I think that could really help take some of the load off of Carlson, which I think would be big. Once again, this is a guy who can dominate on either block teams would play zone or just do different things where like they'd have a defender waiting to help over in the paint to try and take him away. Does a good job passing out of double teams, has shown a little bit of that shooting touch from the mid-range and can be a stretch five-two, stretching it out a little bit. So this look, this is huge for this Utah basketball team. I mean, if they want to be any finish anywhere have the type of season they had last year in the pac 12 regular season where for most of it, they were a top five team. And I know the end of the season was really difficult in terms of the road games they had to play, but also losing game Madsen really hurt Got Raleigh Wooster who got nicked up late in the year too. That hurt them. So I just think Brandon Carlson be coming back. He gives this team a chance to finish in the top five of the conference. And once again, I know that seems crazy, but we saw last year, they were three for so much of the year. They beat team they beat a team like Arizona, right? So this at least makes it more likely to me on paper when you talk about the guys that are coming back and I do think this team will miss Marco Anthony, a veteran leader who provides exceptional defense, but I think they will be more, they got stronger in the shooting department. Um, getting the transfer guard. They got from Washington, whose name is escaping me from right now. We know Madsen will be back some more explosive guards to um, some more size of loss and lovering coming over. So, I think those are a lot of positives for this Utah basketball team overall. Brandon is the leader. He's been with this program. This would be his fifth season now. Um, he came. He served a two-year mission, then he came and joined the program, and his physical transformation has been staggering too, just getting the weight back up. His skill overall is exceptional. He did work out for NBA teams before eventually coming back to school. So this is a guy that was at least getting looks by some teams in the association. So I think it is cool that it shows you the talent level he has. It seems like what he felt like was the best move for him was to come back, which is great for the Utah Utes basketball team. Once again, this is huge news. He'll be the team's best player this coming season, and they're going to go as far as he'll take them in a lot of ways, I think, too. So really excited for Brandon Carlson to be a running Ute for a fifth and final time this coming season. So that's going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be interesting to see how this team is on the hardwood. Uh, Craig Smith's third year, and there's a lot of excitement with some of the transfers they've added, too. So Once again, be interesting to see how it all plays out. Just like it's going to be interesting to see how Utah football season plays out. And that's what we're going to continue to talk about next week. Utah football recruiting, Utah, some more Utah transfer news. If anything comes from the basketball or anything from the football program, we'll talk about some recruits they have up to visit. And before I go, uh, shout out Utah softball. They were in the middle of their game, obviously, had that lightning delay they have to play tomorrow. Best of luck with them. Hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, they have gotten a – or not by the time you're listening to this, but if you're listening to this at night, they will have gotten a win. But we'll see how it all plays out for them. And we'll be reacting to that game on Monday's show. But that is going to do it for us today. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on next week's Locked On Utes.